Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're not talking Disney. We're <gasps> talking Universal. This How is our... Us. I kind of see this as like our backdoor pilot for a Universal podcast. This is my retirement plan. I'm going to retire what? from Disney podcasting and go into Universal podcasting. That sounds like a terrible retirement plan. I never said it was a smart retirement plan. I said this is my retirement plan. So we're talking... <laughs> We're going to talk Universal Universal Studios today. If I can't retire with Disney, then I, I don't want to retire. You don't want to retire at all. Okay. No. Well, this is this is my podcast about another theme park. That's my retirement plan. But today, we are going to be talking about specifically Volcano Bay. Um, we got to go there uh, our last trip when we went to Orlando a few weeks ago. This was our first time at Universal Studios Water Park, Volcano Bay, and it's they call it a theme park, and it's because it is very well themed. It It is a water park on another level, and it has a really interesting backstory and history. So we thought we'd kind of take a deep dive into that today, and then also kind of talk about <laughs> deep, yeah, deep dive. dive, and then also talk about some of like the, the pros and cons of how they do it, because if you've never been to their water park before, there's some preparing you need to do. It's not like going to a regular water park or like a Disney water park where you just go ride the rides. Like there's stuff you have to know. We didn't necessarily know everything going into it. So I think it's helpful if you're looking into going, knowing some of the stuff ahead of time. Right. Yeah. I think it was a really awesome experience. I would definitely go back, but yeah, I think I agree. There's definitely, we have some good pointers for you. But first let's cover the news of the week. So we are going to talk Disney news, even though, this is our universal podcast. We can't get away completely from Disney. We no. still got, we got to talk a little Disney news here. This is like a little bit of a Disney detox, but we still have to get a little bit in. You can't go cold turkey. Exactly. So all the people are like, wait, what's happening? All right, we're still getting Disney. All right. So uh, Disney changed how they're doing dining reservations at Walt Disney World. And not necessarily how they're doing them, but how you get to book them. And I think this is going to be really positive for people looking to book dining reservations. So if you've tried to book a dining reservation at Walt Disney World in advance, you know how it works. You, you click on the restaurant, you click on you know, either like lunch, breakfast, dinner, or you can pick like an hour of the day. And then it usually shows you within, I think like two hours of that time, if anything's available. That doesn't mean that nothing's available. It, like if you pick three o'clock and there's nothing available until six, it's going to tell you nothing's available. And then you got to click like seven and then something may pop up. So Disney's simplifying this whole process. And what they're going to do is if you click a restaurant, they will now show you all the available times. So you can just say, I want to eat at Beaches and Cream, and it will show you here's all the time Beaches and Cream is available. So you don't have to kind of click around and guess um, when you are. It will also show you, um, which I think is a nice feature, if lunch or dinner is being served. Because, you know, sometimes some of the restaurants, the menus change, the prices change, depending on whether it's lunch or dinner. And it can be kind of confusing when those cutoffs are, what your reservation falls under. So it will show you that as well, what menus being served. So I think all in all, a really nice upgrade. Um, I think this is something that is very easy to do. Like it's a nice feature. It makes it easier for people to plan, um, which is I think really nice for guests looking to go to Walt Disney World to kind of simplify something for them. Yeah, this sounds really nice. And again, if you're you can't get reservations where you want, you can go somewhere else. And also these are they're making these changes over at Disneyland as well. So this isn't Disney World. They're they're making we said Disney World. It is both parks are changing. 
Okay. Yeah, great. I didn't realize that, that it's at, over at Disneyland as well. So yeah, it seems to be both parks. Another thing they changed too is that you could cancel your dinner reservations or dining reservations two hours before the dining reservation instead of 24 hours before. Yeah, that actually changed a little while ago. So that's not new for now. But yeah, that is a, a nice thing to kind of remind people as well because it used to be a day before, but yeah, now mm-hmm. you have up until two hours, which is really nice. Yeah. Like I, I know when we've gone recently, it's nicer to know you have a couple hours because before it was like the night before you had to be like, do I really want to go eat at this place? Like at five o'clock tomorrow, am I still going to want to be at this restaurant at this time eating here? Um, And you kind of had to make that decision the night before. Now it's like, oh, at two in the afternoon, it's like, yeah, I still want to go there or no, I don't. So um, yeah, that is a a nice feature. So a lot of, a lot of improvements lately around dining reservations at, at Disney parks. And also want to mention a charity 5K that's going on. So anybody that has been on the Halcyon Galactic Star Cruiser, um, a lot of those guests now that that's closing, there's there's like a huge community around that on like Facebook groups and Instagram yeah, people that have gone on. It's insane. It's there's so much um, there's so much community that's kind of been sparked by the Halcyon. Yeah, it's it's really that's I think the thing that is going to carry on way past it being closed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just this huge community, and so one of those community members put together a virtual 5K. It's called the Together as One 5K. Um, if you're interested, the the handle over on Instagram is Together as One, all spelled out, and then five, the number five and the letter K. Uh, over on Instagram, if you're interested, right now all of the um, signups are full. So for the first 275 people, you you're actually going to get a race medal, a physical medal. Now it's just the uh, digital only packet, but that has um, like the data pad with like missions you can do as you're running and some cool images you can use to kind of enhance your pictures. And all of the the proceeds um, from the digital signups benefit a better life pet rescue. So it's it's a nice way kind of building community and then also helping a charity. So just wanted to mention that as well because you can still sign up for it um, now through the end of September. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have a good reason to move your body. And then, you know, even though you won't get the medal for this one, that you are helping animals and also yourself. Yeah, so, and it's good win-win. Tra- it's good training for the springtime surprise 10-miler, which is Lion <laughs> King themed. That came out this week. I got a text from Angela. Are signups over? Can we do this? <laughs> so which si- is hilarious. Cause signups I have, are actually tomorrow, if you're interested. The school year has not even started, and I've already spent all of my days off with disney stuff yeah exclusively you're like it's a weekend i think i can make it work so yeah if you're interested in the springtime surprise um that was announced uh signups actually happen tomorrow if you're interested but the 10 miler is based on the lion king it's the 30th anniversary of the lion king so i mean i think you got to go because there might be a scar sighting i I mean i I think it's worth it just for that so we'll see we'll see if we can get in Absolutely. I <laughs> I just got so excited. I know somebody else, too, who said, I'm doing this, my first run Disney because it's Lion King. And yeah. I was like, you're my person, Ran. Right. You're my person. Uh, and then I did want to mention that we recently have gotten a lot of um, like questions for future topics, for future shows from listeners. Amazing. Um, and just wanted to say, love it. Keep them coming up. We are working on all of them. We get your messages. We do see them. We are working on those episodes. So over the next few months, we will have a lot of episodes based on your topics. And if you're interested in 
an idea for a future show or something you'd like us to talk about, head over to our Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast, send us a message, or you can go to our website, enchantedears.com slash podcast question. Yeah, we really appreciate it because we've been doing this show for like, what, four or five years now? It's been kind of a while. So sometimes we're like, oh, you know, what, what should we talk about from week to week? And it's nice to, you know, get some interest from the people who listen to us. Yeah, so thank and, you. and a lot of great topic ideas. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's jump into Volcano Bay here. And and taking a step back and kind of talking about the history of Volcano Bay and water park for Universal, it actually goes back all the way to 1977. So it even predates when Universal Studios opened. And I, I didn't realize this. I, I find it kind of fascinating, the history of the water park uh, in Orlando there. Originally, it was Wet n' Wild Orlando. It's not on the same piece of property that Volcano Bay is on, but uh, Wet n' Wild was kind of right down the road. And that opened in 1977 by George Millay, who, interestingly enough, also created SeaWorld. So uh, the guy that created SeaWorld created Wet n' Wild Orlando, and he's actually been named the father of water parks by the World Water Park Association. So... If you didn't know... Wow, that's way cooler than, like, father of mathematics. I know. Why aren't there, like, mother of... The only mother of that I could name for you is mother of Pearl. I, I want, I'm going to become, go. I want to become the mother of some really cool thing. You can become the, the mother of water parks. But I think I, the only... Oh, I lied. Mother of dragons. There, see, there, there's nothing topping you that. You know... There's nothing topping nothing the mother of dragons. Nothing in actual real life, but in that's, fiction... That's pretty real. We've had mother, mother of dragons. Yeah. That's hard to top. <laughs> but I found it fascinating that there's actually a World Water Park Association, first of all. Um, but yeah, they named George in 2004 the father of water parks because with Wet n' Wild... He kind of brought Which is also a makeup brand. Wet and Wild. Yeah. Okay. He kind of ushered in like the modern water park and, and kind of what we have today all kind of started with him and with Wet and Wild in Orlando. Or maybe it was. Maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Now that I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't Some, know makeup somebody brands. somebody write to us and let us know if Wet and Wild, the makeup brand, still exists. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let us know because I don't know much about makeup. But ultimately in nineteen ninety eight George sold off his interest in the park to Universal. So this is when Universal owned Wet n Wild. So it, it really wasn't like a part of Universal Studios, but they did own the water park. But they leased the land it was on until mid-2013. And Universal Studios, you know, kind of dates back to the 90s, Islands of Adventure, late 90s. And it went through a lot of different ownership at that time. And you know, some people put more money into the parks than others, but it really wasn't until around this, you know, 2013, 2014, when Comcast gets involved and they start buying uh, NBC Universal, which owned Universal Studios um, from NBC. So they start buying the Universal piece of it. And shortly after they gained full ownership of Universal, so this was like mid 2013, that's when they bought the land that Wet n' Wild was on because Comcast came in. I believe they got their first uh, portion of it. Like I believe they bought the majority stake in Universal like shortly after the Wizarding World opened. And kind of the story goes that, you know, the CEO of Comcast was looking at the theme parks and, and they had just opened uh, the Wizarding World. And basically they were like, the amount of money we've sold in Butterbeer 
paid for the land itself within a year. Like they made all the money back. And so the Comcast kind of leadership said, there's huge money in this theme parks. So we're going to expand. And I think you've seen that since Comcast has taken over, Universal has taken a very expansionary approach, much like Disney was in the early to mid 90s. Universal Studios is doing that and Comcast is doing that. They've built a lot of hotels. They have this water park. They're building a whole new theme park. And so I think when they saw that, they purchased kind of the land to fully own where Wet n Wild was because it became part of, again, this grander plan to actually build something that could compete with Disney. Yeah, I think that was a good move on their part. I think that, you know, you can see with Disney, a lot of times it almost seems like the, the theme parks is an area where they always do really well. Um, they have been doing really well. I will say I mean, lately, it's the money makers. The theme yeah, parks are the money makers, really. Yeah, I think lately, not so much. I think that because it's so hot there in the summer, they're having a hard time like attracting people to come. Um, I know that they just opened up some like interesting deals for DVC members for VIP tours. So um, oh, that's interesting. It, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, I think okay. it was the beginning of like September. Like there, there's a ter- certain time frame, but it is interesting. That definitely tells me that they are trying to attract people to come down right now because they are not getting as many people as they normally do. Yeah, and Universal's feeling it too. I mean, I think attendance is down in in Florida and across the country too with with kind of theme parks in, in general but yeah overall i mean even with attendance being down they do they do Disney's well. making more money than they've ever made at theme parks i have to imagine you know comcast is making a lot of money at universal so so this became kind of part of you know their their grand plan here so they fully owned wet and wild and they closed it because again that's an older water park it opened in 1977 it had been around a while it obviously obviously had gone through some updates um, but it was time to kind of build something new, completely themed. They announced that they're going to close uh, Wet n Wild. It officially closed December 31st, 2016. That site is now the site of the Endless Summer Resort. So that's new hotels they built there. So again, they own the land because they want to expand hotels. Um, and then in on May 25th, 2017 is when Volcano Bay opened at its current site. What I find interesting is... It cost them $600 million to build this. So they built an entire water park for $600 what? million. What did it cost Disney to build Tron? That's what I was going to say. The, the, the rumored price of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is like $500 million. And Tron, I would imagine, is a couple hundred million. So Universal um, you know, built this for, I think, relatively inexpensively. They also built it pretty quick because you know, they, they kind of... Comcast took over in 2013, and within four years, they had wow. a whole new um, water park built uh, here. Whereas, again, Disney takes four or five years just to build rides. So, I think it goes to show again how quickly Comcast can build things. I mean, if you just look at how fast they're building Epic Universe, oh my gosh, it's, it's coming insane. up so quickly. Yeah, but it opened, and, and this kind of we haven't had this in a while. The whole uh, kind of Disney Universal battle in terms of, like the theme park wars trying yeah. to one up each other, but uh, Volcano Bay opened two days before they opened Pandora <laughs> in Animal Kingdom. So you know, again, back kind of in the good old days when Disney and Universal both had some sort of big project opening up, and they opened up right around each other to try to steal each other's thunder. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing. I I am hoping that 
that happens again. I mean, Universal, I think, is striking big when Epic Universe opens and we still haven't gotten anything from Disney. And as Joe already pointed out, anytime they decide to build anything, it seems that it takes them four or five years to actually get the thing built. So uh, it's not looking so good for Disney right now. Yeah, I don't think Disney will have anything of importance anywhere near ready to open when Epic Universe opens in two years here. Mm-mm. So I think it's going to be... They, they, at this point, they've kind of conceded that Universal's going to kind of own the PR news cycle in 2025, probably for a year or so that that new park's open. And I and and it's probably smart because if you have a new ride or land, it's going to be hard to compete with a whole new theme park. Right. I mean, Pandora can compete against a water park. Like that's right. you can do that. A land can compete against a water park or attractions can compete against each other you know disney has guardians of the galaxy uh, universal has jurassic coaster that sort of thing but an entirely new yeah. park is going to be too hard I to mean, compete i with. do think that you know the reason the same reason why we're talking about universal today is that you know universal owns ip that we grew up with the same way that we grew up with disney and the fact that they now have a lot of these nintendo properties that i grew up with that i care about just as much as i care about some of a lot of the disney properties that i'm in love with like i am so stoked for epic universe to open up and to get to go to um, super nintendo world over on the east coast and see what they do because well yeah i mean universal definitely has done a good job of that because that that was always their problem before is they never had any sort of ip to use in the park so they had to license everything Um, but they have done a really good job with acquisitions where they now own dreamworks so i mean they they just announced recently that they're building a whole dreamworks kids area at universal studios orlando which you know there's not many kids dedicated areas in orlando you know outside of maybe like sea world that has like the sesame street area and things so they're building this all out towards dreamworks dreamworks characters you're right with illuminations now they have minions secret life of pets um despicable me now they have nintendo like they are starting to build out this roster where they can build something fully of ip so with epic universe you have properties like super nintendo and how to train your dragon and they're even pulling in like the classic universal monsters which is gonna which is gonna you know attract an audience of nostalgia i think and and that's people are gonna like that so yeah they're they're finally they're able to compete i think on a level they haven't been able to compete with before uh with disney yeah absolutely i mean i definitely know that with you know, Super Nintendo World specifically opening, that is going to create some serious pull from our trips to go there at least for a couple days. So we might, you know, like acquiesce some of our Disney time to to go over there because... Oh, I want to see all of it. I mean, once Epic Universe opens, I want to see How to Train Your Dragon. I want to see, see, see you in, in Monsters. That's, yeah, where I, I wanna that's where see, I want to see you. <laughs> I want to see the classic Monsters, Super Nintendo... Um, even even the stuff like but I'm saying ha- like that's what I'm super excited yeah. about. yeah I mean the, they're having another Harry Potter land uh, in yeah. there and, and even the stuff where it's it's going to be kind of like space themed area um, yeah I mean I, I definitely could see once once Epic Universe opens definitely making a trip specifically to go to Epic Universe but I think at that point you're right you you're gonna have three parks there um, and then if you count Volcano Bay you could easily spend four days at universal and so it it does shift from becoming hey let's 
go to Disney and go to mm-hmm. up to Universal for a, for a day, day or two, yeah. maybe two. You can kind of get through everything to now. Well, if we want to do everything at Universal, we're probably going to need at least three solid days. So, so maybe we go to Disney for a day or two. Yeah, do like, you go to Disney for a day yeah. or two, or or are people going to start splitting their trips? Of we used to go to Disney for a week, and we maybe do five days at Disney, a day at Universal. To now, we're going to stay at Disney for three days, and we're going to stay at Universal for three or four days, and so the week now becomes split. Yeah, um, I, I think that's probably what you'll see is people will be splitting trips where Universal will start picking up people and and disney will start losing kind of number of hotel stays because they'll they'll kind of split those trips because you're going to want to go to both yeah i i think this is this is the interesting thing and i know we've mentioned this before where i just i really wonder if disney is concerned about this like are they concerned that in these you know years to come that they have disney loyalists like us who say you know what we maybe need to give universal a little bit more time and that means less of our dollars getting pumped into the disney machine so i mean they well, have think, to be a little nervous i think about that's that. what will concern them again i think right now with how much people are spending in the parks even though attendance is down from where it was a few years ago people are spending significantly more money one just because there's more stuff that you have to spend money on with lightning lane and genie plus and those sort of kind of upcharges and things just cost more money so i think I think that's going to be what happens is if attendance drops, you know, and they just raise hotel prices or, or they charge fees otherwise, and they make the same amount of money, I don't think they care. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I really do think it's probably beneficial that Universal's stronger. For one reason, one, it's going to push Disney to, yeah. to do more. But two, I think having less crowds at Disney is good. Like the yeah. fact that it's not as crowded at Disney. And if you get more people that are going down there and going to Universal, because it's one of the reasons why people like Universal. There's not as many crowds. You don't have to yeah. wait as long in line. You know, it isn't uh, as expensive. You don't have to pay for all this other stuff. Um, but it's a little bit like more relaxed of a of a vacation. But as more people start going there, that's going to become more crowded, and Disney gets a little bit lighter, and then that kind of becomes nicer. Like you're not waiting hours and hours in line. It, it you know. You're not waiting to see all your characters. It's easier to get dining reservations. Like I, I think it's beneficial in a lot of ways. And you know, Disney may see guest satisfaction go up. So yeah. maybe they're making less money. But if guests are more satisfied and people are going home talking about Disney was great. There was nobody there. It, we could get on whatever we wanted to do. You actually might get more people going to Disney. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, I'm sure they're a little concerned. But I think until you know reality hits and they actually see what happens... Um, I think it's going to be you know difficult to see. All right, so jumping back to Volcano Bay. So the interesting thing about Volcano Bay is that it is a truly themed water park. They, you know, Universal calls it a their third theme park, and they did this when when it opened. You kind of made fun of this yeah. when we were walking into like yeah. oh theme park, right? Because they they did this obviously because they wanted to be able to say we have three theme parks here. Yeah. Disney has four, so they can kind of compete that way. I still don't think this is a theme park, but this is incredibly, incredibly themed. I mean, they're they're not they're not just calling it a theme park and then kind of just you know having some light theming in a water park. It is super themed, and the backstory on this thing is is absolutely insane. Well, this is the thing, and I know we've mentioned this before about Universal having really great theming. Um, and when they do a theme, I mean, it is everywhere. It is big. It is epic. It is 
beautiful. And I do think that this is another place where like Disney can kind of take a page out of their book with the exception of like a lot of the things that like Joe Rody worked on. Like that stuff is so fully immersive, but I think universal overall does probably like as good as if not better of a job toy story land is also very well done so i can't i can't fully knock disney but i i do think that they do you know give universal credit where credit's due and this is this looks beautiful so we did talk about this the the lands at universal i think the scale is a lot bigger than yeah i think that's what i mean but i don't know that the the theming and the detail is better on everything. I mean, still a lot of the rides have a lot of screens. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, not yeah, a lot yeah. of backstory to them. But this is themed and the story is baked into it. And I think this goes to show this is something they kind of built from scratch. You know, this yeah. is the most recent thing. So I think if this is kind of the level of detail they bring to Epic Universe, mm-hmm. I think then that's going to be kind of a game changer. Because if you look at like the Harry Potter lands, if you look at even what they did at Super Nintendo World, not, not in Orlando yet, but the other ones, when they build these things new, they do have really great theming. So the, the backstory with Volcano Bay, it is uh, obviously inspired by South Pacific and Polynesian culture. And the backstory is that the Watori people set out to find a new home. And they ultimately uh, came to Volcano Bay, and this is where they set up their new home. And they were following a mystical, many golden fin fish named, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Kunuku. I believe that's how you say it. That actually was probably better than I would have done. Good job. Uh, and, and he guided them to this land. But volca- the Volcano Bay itself, so that, that's how the Watori people got there. But how the volcano got there and the the bay and the land itself got there has its own backstory and lore and and mythology to it as well and this is according to you know universal's backstory quote it all began with the fiery god krakatoa and so krakatoa is the volcano they actually have a ride uh, the the coaster the water coaster is is named after this as well but the the mythology goes that through his wrath and fury dominated the land he couldn't contain the adventurous spirit of his daughter tenui she fell in love with a native youth named kala and when her fiercely protective father learned of the romance he flew into a rage he banished kala forever to the sky where he became the moon. So again, it's kind of you know an origin story. This is how you have the the moon and the land coming together. Um, so it continues on. Overcome with grief, Tenui's tears became the sea. Krakatoa then realized he had only succeeded in destroying what mattered most to him, his daughter's happiness. Determined to reunite the young lovers, he reached into the earth and pulled it to the sky, creating the volcano of Volcano Bay. Krakatoa trapped the remains of his anger and jealousy in the form of the fire spirit Vol, whom he imprisoned deep within the volcano. This is how the sky, sea, and earth united to form the paradise of Volcano Bay. So just an incredible backstory. Again, one that nobody needed to know going into this. It's a water park, but adds so much depth and layer to it. And now knowing this, and I look back on our trip, you, you see those threads through there like we didn't know this ahead of time but now looking back on this i'm like a lot more stuff makes sense now 
Yeah, this is um I mean, I think that they stole a lot of this from like actual Hawaiian like myths because Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's a, kind of an amalgamation of them all together. Yeah, cuz yeah. like we read something in my class called The Fires of Pele, which is, you know, like has a love story and her sister chases her from an island to island and that's how you get like different volcanoes and um different things. So, I mean, this is that's why it seems very plausible and realistic because I feel like they Oh, yeah, it's definitely leveraging. They, yeah, yeah, they took some um, of that. Right. Yeah, they took some of that and used that to make a story. I mean, that it's kind of like legit. what they did with Moana. I mean, mm-hmm. Moana is based on um, those stories of yeah. the culture as well, right. and this is kind of taking it. But, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting way how it ties into this is why the volcano's here, and it talks about Vol Vol, the spirit of the volcano. Oh man, that thing. Which is interesting because again, we didn't know this going into it. But when you're walking around, so we'll kind of get into what Volcano Bay is in our experience, because that's that's kind of the history of it. Um, they give you these things called tapu tapus, which are uh, wristbands that allow you to kind of tap in to ride, so you don't have to wait in line. You can also uh, pay for things on them, which is really nice. So it kind of works like a magic band, so that way you don't have to carry around cash whenever you're in the theme parks. It, you can access your locker with them. It's nice to have that. We'll talk about whether it's implemented the best way or not. But with these, you can also there's interactive features throughout the water park. So you can use it to like turn on like water jets on some of the rides and spray people. There's like little things that light up in the volcano. Um, They're as easy well. to miss though. If you didn't know yes. they were there um, and you're not looking for them, you wouldn't know to do that. Exactly. But within the volcano, so you're in there and, and you can actually light some stuff up with your tapu tapu. But then there is a face uh, like this like volcano guy face yeah it's like in the center the yeah in the center of the hul- volcano and, and it, it looks like it's a projection you think oh this is just a normal thing and then it starts talking to you and you think oh it's just like a recording it's talking but no it's one of these kind of live actor interaction things where somebody's talking to you but it is vol it's the spirit of the volcano yeah and again you kind of got that i didn't know that's why he's trapped in the volcano because of this backstory but it's a great experience. Yeah, I really don't know how this works because I don't think it's very po- like I don't feel like a lot of people know about it, but it has a similar feel to like Turtle Talk with Crush, except for instead of being like, "Oh man, I hope that Crush talks to me." Like you're guaranteed to have that interaction with Vol if you stand there and wait if there's people. Yeah, I think it's easy to miss because it looks like it's just kind of like a projection and it's talking but you have to kind of listen and hear that it's saying something specifically to you as opposed to just a recording. It's kind of loud because it's like a little echoey too. Yeah, and that was the other thing. It's kind of difficult to interact with because there's water going on everywhere. I mean, you're inside a volcano and just the the volcano has waterfalls all around it. There's just so much water. Yeah, you know, a special water volcano. Yeah, it's, (laughs) um, it's just very loud. And so it's hard to sometimes hear what they're saying and i think for them to hear you so it is very easy to miss and walk past but yeah that's actually a person they're talking to we kind of had a a funny uh, interaction with him and he introduced himself because again we didn't know who he was ahead of time but but yeah so there's a lot of those little kind of like easter eggs and cool interactive features um throughout the park the park is divided into villages so there's the wave village river village rainforest village and then the volcano itself. And within the volcano, when it opened, it was the world's tallest body slot at 125 feet. I think that got surpassed uh, since it's opened. 
Um, but at the time, it was the, the world's tallest uh, body slide. The other interesting thing that I've never seen at a water park oh, before yeah. is it's called the Fearless River. Yes. So there's a, Can I talk about yeah, this a little there bit? There is a Lazy River um, as well, but then they also have the Fearless River, which is insane. Yeah. So this is, it's a lazy river, only fast with well, it's like not, it's water not lazy. jets. I don't think with you can call water it jets, a lazy and you river. don't get in a in an inner tube. You you put on a life vest. Yeah. So any, you, anything when we're walking in and you have to put on a life vest, like you know it's going to be intense. But yeah, it it's not a lazy river. It's laid out that way. But yeah. you just you basically float and you just you jump in and you just try to you're hang gonna, on yeah, for the gonna, ride. You're going pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then you, z- you was, zip around the park. There was a really cool um, part too, where they have like a wave maker. Um, but I think we only caught that one time. We went around several times, but yeah, they have a wave maker and then it kind of comes and you almost like can body surf a little bit on it. But yeah, it was a really cool thing. I wish that that existed at more places. Um, it was, a, it was a cool idea. Yeah. And, and kind of speaking of waves, they do have a wave pool. And one of the things again, kind of going into oh the goodness. theming of it and kind of the backstory once the, the wave machine. So often in water parks, if, if wave machines go off, like a horn goes off or something like that. And so that way, you know, the waves are coming this, it kind of starts with like a noise and then like, like drums start playing and kind of drums start playing and music and then everybody starts doing this chant and the lifeguards um kind of start start it and then so other people follow in and it's you're kind of dancing and clapping and and splashing the water you're you're trying to like activate the volcano to produce the waves because it doesn't happen like we were there and like the waves don't happen every time so yeah it's it's this whole idea of like everybody's getting together in this like synchronized ritual to get the waves to come it was awesome it was like it was like as if um there was a flash mob but in the pool yes that's a great (laughs) way to put it yeah it was like a flash mob in the pool like at first you're like oh i see a couple people and then you get into it and then you're just like you're so into it you're splashing the water and clapping it was was great to the beat it it was great then the waves come and everybody starts cheering yeah Um, especially it's awesome yeah and then like it happens again and you're like looking at all the people who don't know about it and you're like you don't know about this i know about this i'm real cool yeah Yeah, like you weren't here 15 minutes ago when it happened oh my gosh it happens pretty quick great um but yeah so it a lot of fun so i think you know overall it was a great water park I mean, it was a lot of fun. Again, incredibly well-themed. Um, I think Universal did oh, a really great job with it overall. There is one food, like it, like a food establishment, and they used, um, it was, it was, it looked like a frog. It was so cool. It, um, they oh, used yeah, they like, like big, a, like balloon things. There's a lot of frogs. There were some, uh, on some of the bridges, there were frogs that were lights Yeah, uh, in there as well. Yeah, that yeah. was definitely something, th- th- like they had frogs as kind of, like mascots yeah in, it, the, in that section but that, that might one have been in the rainforest village yeah that might have been that theme yeah there. that one particular building though um if you i'm sure if you probably google search like frog building in volcano bay it is just really cute and really well done so some things to know if you're planning a trip if you're like hey this volcano bay sounds like a lot of fun i'm going when it's you know 500 degrees uh in florida there yeah. Which is when we went, it was a super hot day. Being at the water park was a great idea. There definitely are some things you need to know. Right. Okay. First thing, when you get your tapu tapu, make sure that you actually attach it correctly because there is a correct way and an incorrect way to do it. And you want to make sure that it's on there firmly. Because there's like two clips. It goes on like a watch band, but then there's there's like two clips. And if sh- you don't clip them both on, it can come it off. It can come off. Like they should have made it like 
an Apple Watch band because I think most people are like very familiar with that and it doesn't quite function the same way. Or even like Apple. Velcro or something. Yeah, you're something. Because like, yeah. you lost yours. That's it, why you're saying this. Yes. So when we were up on the very first slide, the lifeguard was like, did you lose uh, like a hair tie or something? And I was like, no, no, I have my hair tie. And then I was walking around probably like five minutes later. I'm like, oh, my tapu tapu is gone. And we realized that that's what it was. And I mean, it wasn't too bad getting another one, but it was kind of, it was really like worrying because we had already tapped into a ride and we were in line for a ride. And I was worried like Joe had it on his and I, I had I don't have mine anymore. We had to go get a new one, um, which we just went back to the lockers and yeah, it was easy. The woman was, was like, "This is the fifth one I've done this hour." Right, and like, we didn't even really have to like. We went back and we got I think our tickets. I don't even think she used the tickets. I think she just asked what your name was. Like, the no, name. she scanned my band, and since they were linked together, right, she was able to get you another one. So yeah, let's let's talk about the tapu tapus because in theory, they, this is a great, great idea. And so going into it, I knew about the Tapu Tapus, and, and they give them to you when you scan into the park. So and this they are it, not yours. You return correct. them at the very yeah, end. This is like, a, hey, you just have this in the theme park or in the water park. What? Look, I'm calling it a theme park. I guess See, Universal got me. I, I guess in. I'm in. Okay. So it's a theme park. So, so they give them to you when you get in. And like I said, it is, it's everything you need from there on out. So you can use it to open your locker if you get a locker. If you um, load a credit card in the Universal app, you can then uh, pay for all of your food so that we don't have to carry cash around. And then the idea of it, and, and I think this is what the main idea of it is, is you don't have to wait in line. So they don't want people waiting in line for all of these rides. So you go, and the idea is you're supposed to go and tap in for a ride, and it gives it's, you a, a return time. It's essentially a fast pass. Yeah, not a fast pass. It's a virtual queue, basically, because it doesn't, because yeah. they sell Express Pass. To then skip all the lines, but this is more of a virtual queue. So if you go and and let's say the water slide you want to ride is a forty five minute wait, instead of waiting in line for forty five minutes, you tap in, then you go and sit in the lazy river or the wave pool or the fearless river, and then in you know maybe forty minutes it'll call you back and say, okay, you can go ride this ride. And you wait for like five to ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, you wait for five to ten minutes, and then some of the rides, if they aren't very crowded, will be just ride now. Mm-hmm. But you can you can't you cannot get in a line unless it says ride now or right. you've tapped in. Like there's no and way they have signs. So they have like um digital signs yeah, out outside that, that yeah. tell you and I think it lists like all of the slides pretty much outside of and tells you like which ones are ride now. Right, cuz th- cuz they do change because again mm-hmm. like sometimes they get a longer line. And it and and so in theory that all works. But in practicality <laughs> it leaves a lot to be desired. One is some of the rides had a 15 minute wait is what that was listed at. To me, that seems like a walk on ride. Yeah. But that's still something you had to tap into. Yes. You could not ride. You could not ride that. Now that would not necessarily be a problem, but you Except could only be tapped in to one, one ride at a time. at a time. And I think this is the biggest complaint I had an issue with it is is that you can only be tapped into one attraction at a time. Yeah, so we thought that it might be a good strategy to go and find the one with the longest time and tap into that. So we saw that the Aqua Coaster had I think it was it was something crazy. 4 to 5 hours, I think. Yeah, I think it was, it was 5 hours. Yeah, like a 5 hour long wait. So we were like, okay, let's tapu tapu into that. We'll get in line because that that's only going to get longer. And we thought kind of at the time that we'll we, go ride the other stuff. we can go ride the other things. Yeah. 
and it would be fine. But the problem was it basically blocked us from making any other further reservations. So unless something was like ride now, we could not ride it or or we we could replace. Yeah. Or Or we we could replace it. So like you could tap in and it will say, would you like to do this instead of what you were doing? And you have to make that choice. And again, like, there almost should be like a tier system. Like here are the top tier ones. Like you get one of those and then here are the mid-level ones and you get one of those. Because I think that if you were able to hold two reservations at once, it would make a lot more sense than just one. Yeah. In my mind, I think you should be able to have two reservations. And as long as the second one is shorter than the first, because there were, well, one of them is obviously going to be shorter than the other. <laughs> but but what, I, what I'm saying is like, like if you have one that say, like we did the aqua coaster and it's five hours away. Yeah. Okay. You should be able to do yeah anything that's shorter than five hours. But if you tapped in and you said, Hey, I'm doing something in 20 minutes, I get, okay, we can't sign into a second one because you're going to be doing one in 20 minutes and it's going to free up because yeah, the, the problem is you, you get there and Everybody wants to ride the aqua coaster, so you tap into that. And we were, again, we were thinking we'll ride these other things because they're they're saying they're twenty or thirty minutes. And in my mind, I would wait in line twenty or thirty minutes for these rides, just standing in line, not even tapping in. But again, you can't do that. So I, I think you need the ability to do that. And we talked about do we, you know, you basically you basically have to make the decision: do you ride only a couple things that day? Because we ended up riding maybe three other slides we rode a couple slides like multiple times right but we probably only ride like rode three slides total so it was was, do you do that and get the aqua coaster because that's kind of like the big you know the big draw or spoiler alert it wasn't that great i I thought it was a lot of fun it was cool but i I could have absolutely done without it and probably enjoyed a lot of the other slides that we missed out on a lot more right or or do you say hey we're not going to ride the aqua coaster and we're going to ride six or seven other things because we can kind of tap into all these. But a lot of the, I mean, some of the other slides, especially the ones in the volcano, like the body slides, which are low capacity, they had two or three hour waits as well. So even if you would have done one of those, you maybe could have gotten an extra one because we, we had like a five hour wait for the aqua coaster. So you can maybe could have done two of those, but you're still not riding that much more. So we talked about this of, Hey, we, we stuck with the aqua coaster. We rode some of the other stuff. We did the wave pool, the lazy river, the fearless river, that sort of stuff. But we talked about when we come back, we won't worry about the aqua coaster and we'll no. go do all of the other rides because I don't we, know if I want to do that body slide though. We can, <laughs> maybe you don't do that one, but I think you can do a lot more. And now we didn't get there when the park opened. So I think that impacted it as well. Yeah. But we were there maybe two hours after it opened. I mean, it was, I think it opened at 10. We got there at noon and it, by noon, it was a six hour wait for the aqua coaster. So it fills up quickly. Um, so I think that's just something to keep in mind. Like, yes, the Tapu Tapu is nice, but no, you can only have one at a time. So, so plan ahead for that. Like if you want the aqua coaster, that may suck up a lot of your day. And they, Universal actually had a lot of complaints about this when it opened with with the Tapu Tapu. And I think, again, people not being able to ride a lot and feeling like they're not getting their money's worth. It doesn't seem like they've really made any major changes to it in yeah. any way. I mean, I think really they either need to let you do two rides or they just need to open up more of the rides. If it's under a half an hour, just open it up as ride now and let people get in line because, you because again, half an hour wait is not that bad. No. 
Yeah, especially whenever you're dealing with, you know, Universal Disney. I mean, you're down there, you're expecting to wait for a while. And a lot of the lines are, um, you know, you've got numerous staircases, so you're not in full sun or anything. So you don't have to worry about people getting like, I mean, I'm sure people still do get overheated, but you don't have to worry so much about that because they're not in the direct sunlight. Yeah. I mean, even when we tapped in for the aqua coaster, we probably waited 15 or 20 minutes yeah. to get through the line. So it's like a 15 or 20 minute line, again, isn't that bad. And I think if you did that, there were a lot of rides that were around that half hour yep. that I think if they would have opened those up, we probably could have gotten on three or four other ones and, and probably come out with a much more positive experience saying like, yeah. Hey, we got to do a ton of stuff and it was great because we didn't have to stand in a six hour line for, for the, the best ride. And we got to ride a lot of this other stuff while we were waiting. And so it really saved us time. Cause I come out of it saying, I think the tapu tapu kind of hurt us in yeah. this instance. Like I, yeah, we didn't wait in that line, but I think we probably rode half as much stuff as we could have ridden in the, six hours that we were there waiting to get on that right yeah i think it was just an, it was an interesting experience we also did this one thing where there were two slides right next to each other now you they some different slides they share staircases so it seems like you are riding the exact same slide but actually they are completely different slides and so one of the slides was ride now so we got on that one i think two or three times but then when we got back down to the bottom one of the the other one on the other it side it flipped yeah, yeah it flipped so it the one that we had just ridden had like, I think it was like a 10 minute wait, but yeah. we, so we couldn't right. go ride that one now, but the one that we hit hadn't ridden now was a ride now. And we probably so waited we, 10 or 15 minutes to ride that. Right. Yeah. So we were able to, you know, go in that line, but it was just a, it, was, it seemed like maybe 15 minutes was our cutoff. Cause you're right. I feel like we rode that one a couple of times and then it was like a 10 or 15 minute wait and you had to tap in, but mm -hmm. the other one was ride now. Yeah. Cause we, we were even going up and we we're saying, why isn't that other one ride now? It's this exact same length of line. Yep. And then it kind of flipped over there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. So just be prepared for that when you're going. The other thing to know is there's no parking there. And this is something to kind of keep oh, into yeah. account for. So we stayed at Disney. We got an Uber up to universal. They drop you off at the main parking lot kind of where um, city walk is to get to volcano bay you then have to walk all the way down to the transportation get on a bus and take a bus to volcano bay so that adds you know probably yeah. 20 minutes a half an hour to your trip so just remember that and then at the end of the day you gotta take a bus back so there's no parking at volcano bay if there you are is a hotel there yeah if you are interested like like you really want to get to volcano bay early either go early to account for the bus or if you're staying up at universal and Volcano Bay is important to you, stay at Cabana Bay. I was going to say, is it called Cabana Bay? Yeah, okay. because Cabana Bay is right there, and there's actually a walkway from Cabana Bay. You can there's walk. There's a walkway from Cabana Bay to Volcano Bay. Bay. Yes. A lot of A. A. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so you can walk there. So, again, kind of keep those things in mind because, again, it's, it's a little bit different than, you know, what you're used to at, like, Disney or even at Universal. I mean, you're not used to having to, like, take a bus to get to the Take parks, bus. you know, there or anything like that. So Run away with us for the summer. <laughs> but overall, overall, I, I thought, I mean, I had fun still. I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a great day, especially well, in the heat. I, I, I want to go back and experience the other stuff we missed. I think knowing what we know now, I think we would have done things differently. Right. Um, and maybe even you do spring for the express pass so that we don't have to wait in any line, yeah. um, you know, depending on how crowded it is. But I also learned the valuable lesson of when you wear slides, you probably need to wear socks with them. I see so many people wearing slides with socks, and uh -huh. I was like, why do people do that? It's not the coolest thing in the world. It's because slides rub. 
man, I had quite the blister from the tops of my shoes. My Mickey shoes betrayed me, but well, there's that Mickey. See, that's why we're a universal podcast now. <laughs> no, Mickey betrayed us. So, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, but but so overall, I think um, glad we got to go. It's it's something we've wanted to go to for yeah. a while. Um, it it definitely lives up to the hype in terms of if you've seen pictures of it, it looks that beautiful in person. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a lot I of fun. enjoyed it. And again, whenever you're going down to the Orlando heat, especially if you're going in the summer, um, it is a great sort of rest day from standing in line at Disney and melting your face off. Yeah. So I think if, if we're down there again, hey, for Epic Universe and, and we're in the summer, I believe they heat the water in the winter. So it's probably not even that bad in the winter. I mean, like Florida winters are like 75 degrees. So heated water is probably not I mean, terrible. Okay. Here's my thing with heated water, though. You have to get out eventually. You do have to get out eventually. Uh, yeah, you would be cold. I feel like if it was like mid 70s, I'd be okay. But yeah, so definitely, um, you know, plan to go back again. Um, and spend some more time there. But that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled Disney program next Monday. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.